But then we realized that the teams had an engagement issue. They were fighting a whole bunch of things, particularly in a newer generation of fans. There's so many different outlets and ways to to watch a game. The question became, how are we going to get these new fans into our buildings? How are we going to keep them there? And how are we going to engage them in a, in a really unique experience? Hi, welcome to the Halftime Snacks. My name is Ronen Einbinder. This show features the stories of talented people working in sports. Are you ready? Let's go. I'm delighted to introduce a brilliant sports technology expert to today's Halftime Snack. Originally from the U.S. is a man whose vision of the future of sports include no lines at security gates, concessions or restrooms, improved fan experience through authenticated data, real-time engagement between teams and fans, and so much more. He's the CEO and founder of Sports Tickets a company that combines several technologies into a single application in fan engagement that identifies every fan in every stadium worldwide. It's an honor to host such visionary icon of the sports industry in the halftime snacks. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Carley. Thanks, Ron. Thanks very much for having me. It's, uh, it's actually a great honor uh, to dis- discuss you know, what we've been working on for the last uh, two and a half years in, in the sports technology field. You are more than welcome, Chris. I'm delighted to have the chance to host you in this show. And I want to start with a question that, you know, it's, it's the classic entrepreneurship question that you get in school. But suppose I'm Bill Gates right now, and we just met in an elevator for the next 60 seconds. How would you sell me the idea to invest in your company? There's multiple issues facing sports today, from fan engagement, fan safety and security, fan data, uh, venue security, um, and they're, they're kind of all been accented by, by COVID. COVID has brought along almost uh, four or five years of technology in six months. So we handle the entire process of everything that's facing teams, leagues, venues, federations worldwide in a single app. Um, and we do that starting with identity-based ticketing. Wow, that's a great pitch. I'm sure Bill Gates would stay for another 60 seconds to hear more because I would, but that's why we're here. So I want to ask you more specifically about how you, you came up with the idea, how you, how you realized that you needed to build this company. What was the pain point you identified in the market and, or the gap that you wanted to solve and feel? Can you tell us a little bit about that? So gap is a great word. So what we discovered was a massive gap in fan team data. So let me go back a couple of years ago. Um, the landscape, the sports playing field in the United States changed forever in around uh, May of, of 2018, uh, when sports betting became legalized for the first time in the U.S. So there was a tremendous amount of opportunities within the industry itself. And we wanted to kind of take a look and see where we fit. 
I actually built the largest portfolio of privately held uh, domains related to the industry. And as we, as we moved along, we realized that there's really no data in sports betting because it, it just didn't exist before. It was centralized in Las Vegas. It was, had some de- dealings with offshore casinos, et cetera, but it wasn't an industry. So as we kind of got into how we could identify these people and where the data was, we began to pivot a little bit. And we found out that sports teams, professional sports teams, particularly in the United States, were going to benefit from sports betting indirectly. Uh, In other words, they were going to have increased viewership, increased sponsorship, increased attendance. They were going to be bringing a new type of fan into their arena. Um, But then we realized that, you know, the teams had an engagement issue. They were fighting a whole bunch of things, particularly in a newer generation of, of fans. You know, there's so many different outlets and ways to, to watch a game from OTT to streaming to your digital device, et cetera, all the way down to inexpensive televisions for, for your home. The question became, how are we going to get these new fans into our buildings? How are we going to keep them there? And how are we going to engage them in a, in a really unique experience? So that's the path we took. We went down that path, realized that um, there, there was no real good data. And some of the things that teams were trying were making a bigger scoreboard uh, or giving away a free hot dog or trying to do promotions that really didn't have any individual connection, any individual identity. So we decided that we were going to come up with the next generation of what the live fan experience would look like. And we had been working on cashless, touchless, and frictionless technology long before. The real common denominator and what led us to where we are today is that sports ticketing and the sports ticketing market is is broken. It's really unnecessary today in 2020. But what was more important is that the ticket is the only common denominator that every fan in the building has. So we said to ourselves, if we can link a good ticket in a process to an individual fan and then connect them to their digital device in almost like a three-point play, now we can solve the individual identity and we can provide an individual fan experience. If you don't know who the individual fan is, how can you provide an individual fan experience? So that's the route we took. Um, it brought us up through March of this year, and along comes COVID. <laughs> and the COVID played right into our hands. We're built on a series of, of different technologies. We call them game-changing technologies. There's eight levels, uh, and we had a security layer. One of the pain points in attending a live sporting event is long lines, security, legacy technologies with old-fashioned metal detectors and take your keys out and throw your water away and, and all of those things. So we wanted to, 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 to move the fans quicker. So all this we did was we pulled back a little bit and we, de- we outdeveloped our security layer. So now we can move 600 fans per hour per gate, but we can also check for temperature and incendiary devices without a fan having to stop. And we can do that because we have the individual we know who the fan is, we know who their device is, um, and we only put a good ticket in there if that connection remains solid. We do this all in real time, 
So it's really emphasized the fan experience. It's all about the fan experience because we are able to identify the individual fan. We can cater, uh, create uh, data-driven, profile-driven, age-based content directly. So there's a lot of technology in there, a lot of technologies involved, but we just kind of put them together. And as mentioned, you know, we pulled back during COVID, but it played perfectly because everybody's going to want to come back to an arena, but they're going to want to come back safely. Teams and venues are going to have to provide a safe environment from not only safety concerns, traditional safety concerns, but people with, with COVID and COVID testing. So we have a nice, simple easy solution. Nobody has to do anything outside of just having everything loaded in into their favorite team's app. And we can control the fan experience all the way from search to see. That's fascinating, Chris. Thank you for sharing your vision of the future of sports. It sounds really exciting and I can't wait to see how it ends up being. And I want to focus on the eight layers that you mentioned that your company is stacking up in terms of technology. I want to know what type of technologies are you using? Is it blockchain? Is it AI? Is it VR? Are you using some other stuff? Can you mention just a few of them? And also, if there is any specific problems that you can link to each one of the technologies and how would it work? I think that would give us a really good understanding of how would it look like in in practice so if you look at the stack from top to bottom and as mentioned there's there's eight layers so if you look at the top layer you know it's a cloud-based technology and we run uh, our product is software as a service so if you look at it and think about uh, the ticketing tab on any team's website worldwide you would just click on the ticketing tab and that begins so we're a cloud-based solution Um, even between the time um, that we started the, the process of developing this product, uh, things have changed in the cloud. You find uh, things like hybrid clouds now, which are multifunctional uh, clouds that combine different layers uh, all within the cloud technologies. So if you look at the top, we're, we're hybrid cloud driven. The second part of our piece um, is onboarding. Each individual layer, each one of the eight layers has multiple layers underneath it. So there's a top layer and it's named, so security. So our security layer includes data security, individual security, venue security, et cetera. And we look at that and, and we have the most comprehensive onboarding process. So if you think about what you do in financial services, banking, insurance, and what you would do to go through to get a credit card or a loan to actually verify who you are, uh, we go through that process. Built into that process is advanced technologies like AI and machine learning um, and biometrics. So as opposed to coming out and saying that, you know, we're AI driven, we're biometric driven, you know, um, which sometimes can be scary for people on the other end. We use those technologies embedded in each one of our layers. So from onboarding and a part of the onboarding process is the digital connection to the individual. Once we know that the individual is correct, then we go through a digital DNA process where we confirm that 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 digital device does in fact belong to you. We can stop fraud right at the very beginning because we can trace emails, we can trace um, 
uh, AP addresses from wherever they're supposed to be. And our system and our onboarding platform works the same way regardless around the world. So whether you're in South Africa or South Australia, wherever you are in the world, we move to whatever documentation you would, you would provide in that particular country. We handle legacy devices, we handle older devices, we handle other providers, we handle, um, you know, in the US from uh, Apple and iOS to Android systems, et cetera. It's one unified process. And then we move down the stack a little bit more. Um, we've, we've covered safety and security and identity. We have built what's called a box office. And what that is, is a series of relational databases that has a blockchain element in it. Uh, a smart contract element in it. And then we go down to really what our most proprietary technology is, and that's the way we move data. We move data literally at the speed of sound. And we have technology that allows us to function in a very loud environment. Uh, we have the ability to reach every fan and every seat with a unified message. But we can do that not only in the live environment at the stadium, but we can also send the same message OTT. We can send it streaming. We can also send it through terrestrial media like television and radio. We can embed it into a replay. So the way we move data and we move messaging is really one of the cores of, of our technology. That's a real single, that, that's a real single strong point for us. We're the only application of it in sports in the world. And it does help us with uh, our onboarding processes worldwide, but we don't need Wi-Fi connections. We don't need RFID. We don't need to pair devices. It can function off the grid. If the best way to think about it is probably airplane mode, uh, where you shut your air, your phone off for air airplane and you still have some connectivity, um, but Bluetooth is only as good as the distance between the connection and. Our system works without that environment. Our box office has everything in a streamlined set. As mentioned, it's a, a set of relational databases with a blockchain element. And then you know, our payments system. Our payment systems work in current, any currency worldwide. And all of these transactions happen within fractions of a second. Our entire process works. We can trans, uh, transact six or 700,000 transactions per second, all in a combined, uh, very high level piece of, uh, of deep technology. So it's all stacked together. It's connected through a series of SDKs and APIs. And the once again, the layers have multiple layers underneath. We're, we're not reinventing the world by writing a million lines of code. We've just vetted the best technologies in the world. And we have providers, we have a mapping layer. We can actually map you through the vent, through a venue. So we have the best providers in the world, uh, IBM, Oracle, Google, and Google Mapping. We have the strongest onboarding process, identity processor in the world. We have the largest uh, payment provider in the world. And again, it's designed to be built into a single application, all touchless, cashless, and frictionless. Wow, it's, it's very impressive, Chris. And I think you are like a Wikipedia of sports technology because you just gave us a big lesson and I appreciate it. I remember that I, there was somewhere I learned that data is the currency of the future. I'm sure you agree with that. But I want to ask you, 
if the if data is the main line of, of your your business is data where you need to focus and to win in that market or is any other line of the business that you know you should focus on to be successful in the end what we truly are is a data company and all of the processes that we mentioned are basically driven toward the ability to get data most of the data that exists right now is untraditional And it's built through a series of, of guesstimates, if you will, or estimates. For example, the largest technology companies and, and consulting companies in the world try to gauge a market uh, with a sample size of 400, 800, 1,200, and then try to paint that over a course of hundreds of thousands, even millions of people with a very small sample size. Our system is, is individual. There's no guesstimates. It's actual real-time data. You were saying that, you know, data is the new currency. And in the end, we are a data company. And we built the platform toward the ability to be able to have build profile, authenticated, verifiable, individual fan data. And data is, is data. Our platform will produce millions of data points. But what's most important is the aggregation of the data and the analytics of the data. And those are... KPIs, really key uh, components to what makes the most sense toward it. So you may have a baseball league or a football league, and the metrics on one side of the league might be different than the ones on the other. So the aggregation of the data is the most important thing that we have. And as mentioned, we have millions and millions and millions of points from things that you like, things that you participate in, things that you want to opt into, etc., And this is all done in real time. The more data that we provide to uh, teams, uh, leagues, venues, is a win-win across the board. For example, our partner data, we can provide to the ounce metrics to a beverage company. We can tell them what their age range is, uh, what, what type of products they're buying, where they're buying them, pre-game, before game, in-game. We can tell them exactly to the ounce what that particular fan did. We can accumulate that, we can maneuver it, we can combine it with other teams, we can combine it through countries, through leagues, through similar demographics. Those combinations are endless. And those are invaluable to a team because those are their partners. And those partners spend millions of dollars advertising. But right now they have no way of, of really understanding what influence they have. But our other technology that I mentioned, our, our, our data movement, is we can actually push that data backwards. In other words, based on the profile, based on your age, based on your likes, we can actually draw you to a concession or we can in-seat order you or you can pre-order your favorite items based on your profile, based on your wants, based on where you're going to be in the stadium, how are you going to move in the stadium, et cetera. We control the entire process, but it's all data-driven. So I, data I, is the new currency. I love that. And I also wonder if by managing massive amounts of data, do you encounter many issues with privacy and how the data is supposed to be owned by the one that, like the people, is, do you encounter a lot of issues? And if so, in terms of privacy, and if so, how do you deal with them or how do you manage that? 
we manage it on, on, a, on multi-layers because data and data privacy is a very, very big thing right now. But data and data management is different across the world. So we have to work with the existing systems. Whatever is there now is probably going to change very quickly. We handle that by a series of, of servers that are not located anywhere else within our platform. You also have the right to opt in to as much of the services as you would like, but the data remains with you. So we may have the idea that you're a female 38 to 42, that you attend four games a year, but we're not going to say that that's um, Mary Jones uh, and she lives at 1234A Street. We will know, we will aggregate that data into a very anonymous platform, if you will. Um, the the opt-in feature um, is something that the more data that you provide to the team and to the system, the more benefits you will be able to return. Uh, you'll have a higher uh, loyalty reward program. You'll be first to be able to get tickets. You'll be first to be able to get merchandise. You'll be the first to be able to, to engage with players. We have found that with education, most people provide a tremendous amount of data without actually realizing it. If you have an interest in a particular website or a particular product, you provide that data uh, through your credit card, through your, your public profiles, through your social media profiles. Logging in through LinkedIn uh, and Apple and Google right now is an instant gateway to your own personal data. But the best way to think about it for us is we modeled our process after the airline ticket industry. So people give up their data to provide a safe trip. They provide a passport, they provide a credit card, they provide ID, they go through additional security layers, they have one boarding pass per person, they have one seat assigned per person. We did the same model. And we treat your data and your privacy the same way the airlines would. You know, people do that for a 300 person flight, but they don't do it for a 60,000 seat stadium. And in the new normal, they're going to have to. They're just going to have to. They're gonna want the safety and security around them. So we play off that. We take advantage of the fact that they're going to have to provide this data in order to move ahead, or they're just not gonna be able to do it. COVID is gonna go away, but our processes are going to stay the same. Have we ramped up to handle COVID issues? Absolutely. Um, we also have the ability to be able to uh, integrate COVID documentation into our platform as well. And we can tell whether that's uh, fraudulent, if it actually matches the person on the other side, uh, based on a series of, of how we onboard. So we've handled that issue as well. We're probably going to not see a return to total normalcy until 2021. So as we go through 2020, we'll gradually get back to normal, but these things are going to have to be in place before we even consider going to the next level. I agree with you, Chris, and I think it's going to be very interesting to, to see and analyze the reaction of the people while going through the new processes. What I mean is that I'm not, I'm not imagining that the stadium entry will be the same or even similar to going to getting on an airplane because 
the whole process of getting in an airplane is like a hassle and everyone hates it. So I, I hope that the state the stadium experience will be seamless will be easy will will carry all the benefits that you've mentioned but without giving away the negative things that may happen by doing those things but i think it's going to be exciting to see it and you know since we're running out of time and i want to ask you a more uh intriguing question maybe putting aside a little bit uh sports tickets What would you do? Let's say, let's say you would have no company. You are just an investor. You invest in, in technology and, and specifically in sports technology. Let's say I, I would give you $10 million right now if I would be Bill Gates. $10 million to invest right now on sports technology. How would you use it and why would you use it that way? So besides investing in my own company, because I really think that we are Um, you know, we are solving multiple pain issues. Um, I would work really on what's called the second seat experience in, in combining what a fan is seeing uh, live, but elsewhere on their second screen, whether it be their, um, their, their digital watch, their digital device, iPad, laptop, uh, large screen TV, whatever it happens to be, um, because There's going to be so much focus outside of what's happening in the arena. And fortunately or unfortunately, people aren't always going to be able to go to the arena. It's a very expensive uh, event for, let's say, a family of four. Um, and, and there's fans now because of branding all over the world. You know, you might have your favorite football player down in South America, um, but you might be from Canada and you probably may not have a chance to go to visit that fan directly, but you would certainly like to be a part of their experience, being able to connect to that fan one-on-one. -on -one. And those are the things that we, act, we actually have the ability to, but that's the road that I would continue to, to explore is that one-on-one -on -one fan engagement uh, in the second screen is what, what it's called. Most of the fans of every team are never even going to be in a live event. If you think about it, now with the axis of, of the internet and how teams may have fans from all over the world, I'm sure that I, I, I'd say that at least 80% of the fans that follow and engage with the team on a daily basis, we're, we're never even going to be in the stadium. So I agree with you that I think that the experience of the fan that is not sitting in the stadium is a very key element of the future of sports technology. And I think that's a great place to wrap today's conversation. Chris, I want to thank you so much for your insights. It's been a whole lesson on sports technology, technology in general, and the things that we will see in the future. You're a complete visionary and I appreciate your time. And I can't wait to see what sports tickets is going to do once We'll be able to be in stadiums and in live sports again. So thank you so much, Chris. Before you leave, I want to thank you for listening. To hear this or any other halftime snack, check out the full archive on my website, which you can find on the show notes. See you next week.